Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Kaylin. And, and this, this is, is Death, Death Row Dialogue. Dialogue. This is a true crime podcast where we talk about death row inmates. Do you ever feel like you're slurring your name when you say it so much? Yeah, I mean, I feel like sometimes when I'm telling people, they're like, oh, you said Lou? I'm like, am I not saying my own name right? Yeah, I've definitely had instances at work lately when I say my name over the phone where people are like, oh, thank you, Karen. And I'm like, how do you get Karen from Kaylin? Like, am I saying it wrong? Am I saying it too fast? And so I have to really try to pronunciate now. Well, even when I talk about you, I'll tell people, I'll, I'll say, yeah, Caitlin was doing this. And I'll say, Caitlin. And I'm like, no. So just to clarify, it's Luke. Luke with a K. Kaylin. No K. T. And not Lou or Karen. And we are ready to go. Yeah. All right. So today we're talking about Elicio Hernandez Moreno. He was born on... September 27th in 1959, and he was a Hispanic native of Hildago County in Texas. He was a small engine mechanic, and it had that listed as like a lawnmower repairman. And he has a prior arrest record of DWI. He was placed on probation in 1983, but he didn't do any like hard jail time for it. It's probably just like an overnight in jail, and then when he went to trial, it was probation. Right, right. It says that he did have a drinking problem, which holds up with the DWI. Right. And that he was a high school dropout. So, um, this is, this crime is a little different than anything else we've done. It's more like a passionate crime. I feel like we haven't had a crime of passion, really. They've been, you know, burglaries or like money incentives. Yeah. Well, there's been a few that have just like... They knew they were getting caught, and so they shot the cop. Yeah, yeah. So this is more of a... It almost seems like he kind of just went crazy. So, this was in October 11th of 1983, which is the same year he was placed on probation for the DWI. He was only 23. Okay. And um, he had a wife, and his wife's name... Let me find it on this piece of paper. It was Blanca. His wife name was Blanca. And they were estranged. Something happened to where they weren't together anymore. And she moved to uh, Rio Grande Valley. And he, I don't know if they had a fight over the phone or what happened. But he decided, like, I need to find out where she lives. I need to go see her. I need to talk to her. So he went over to his brother-in-law's house, Juan Garza's, and at home was Juan Garza, his wife, Esther Garza, and their children were there as well. I don't know if he went over there saying, tell me where Blanca is, I need to know, and Juan's like, no, you don't need to see her, you know how brothers do, but they got into some altercation and Alicio killed, killed Juan and Esther. Killed both of them. And there was a witness that saw it happen. I think they heard the gunshots, saw it happen, and they saw him flee in a maroon SUV. So, he... I don't know if he got the information out of Juan or 
how he knew where she was staying, but he started, he left from the Garzas to Rio Grande to find Blanca. On the way, he was pulled over by DPS trooper Russell Lynn Boyd, and he was pulled over for speeding, driving erratically. I'm sure he was very, like, um, what is the word? Like adrenaline. Oh, like, yeah. He had a ton of adrenaline. I'm sure he was driving insane. He's pulled over. And he... Elicio shot Boyd multiple times. His vest deflected two of the shots from Elicio's 357 caliber Magnum, but was hit by four others, including a final shot at close range. So he was shot six times. His vest stopped two of them. And he was found laying on the side of the road in between the two vehicles. And there were some witnesses at the trial that said that they had passed this going on. They had seen the DPS vehicle that had its blues and reds on. And then it looked like it had pulled over a speeder, which was a maroon SUV. And he's, they saw the trooper laying in between the cars and there was a man that was standing there and the man waved at them and so like they took off you know they're like we know we saw something that was bad yeah and then um moreno got the shotgun out of the dps car and started following these people like trying to stop them i guess because they saw him and he lost him. I'm not exactly sure what happened with that. But he stopped in Hampstead at um, La Casita restaurant and robbed Gennaro Cibran and stole his car. So he had his Magnum, pulled over at this restaurant to ditch his maroon SUV and get Gennaro's car. Held him at gunpoint and took his car. And that was at about 6.30 to 7 p.m. this day. He's just going on like a full rampage. Yeah, I mean, I guess like once you start something like that, it's like... I think he's just panicking. Like Yeah, exactly. He's like, I, I don't know what his end goal is, but like nothing you can do is going to get you what you want at this point. Yeah. So, oh, I'm so sorry. All of this started in College Station. So he had left College Station and was stopped in Hampstead by the trooper. So... I don't know these locations. Sorry. South. I know I know College Station. But well, I don't know, like, how far Hampstead is from yeah, yeah. College Station. Yeah. Or, like, if he was driving for three hours already mm-hmm. or if he has been driving for, like, 30 minutes. There's always something I forget to look up, and it was that. (laughs) So I'm not sure how long he was driving. Um, But then he um, stole that car, and I don't know, like, if something clicked in his brain, and he was like, I need to get rid of the stolen car. I'm in a stolen car. So he tries to stash a stolen car at Ann Bennett's house, and I guess he just knocked on the door and was like hey can i leave this car here and she's like no i don't know who you are and when she refused he came in and killed her brother who was staying with her james bennett and 
Allie Wilkins, and then critically wounded Anne. So he went in and shot James, who was 62 years old, killed Allie Wilkins, who was 79 years old, and then cr critically injured Anne, who was 70, so that he could stash the car there. So after he stashed the car, he arrived at Bill and Patricia Shirley's house. This was about 7 p.m., so I'm sure he just walked to one of the neighbors and went up to Bill and held him at gunpoint and was like, you're going to drive me to Houston. And Patricia is like, I'm not letting you go alone. And she went with them. So they both drove him to Houston. And while they were driving to Houston, he told them that he had shot a trooper and that he'd stole the shotgun. And then he threw the shotgun out the window. So he then gets out and he found Ronald Gangle, who was, who he asked him to drive to the airport. I think it was like a hitchhiking incident. And he was like, hey, will you drive me to the airport? And he's like, okay, sure. So he's driving Alicio to the airport when Alicio pulled out the gun and held it to Ronald's head and was like, actually, you're going to drive me to Victoria. Wait, what happened to the other people? It didn't say. It just said that there was this... It went from Bill and Patricia to Ronald. Nothing ill happened. They weren't killed or anything. I don't know if he was like, this is as far as you need to take me. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. It didn't I, I mean, say that in there. With the, his whole like rampage he's been on, that doesn't mm -hmm. seem like how it would go. Yeah. I mean, maybe they were like friendly with him or something. I think that the his... Mindset of the people he were killing are people that were getting in his way. Right. So that was kind of where that his mindset was. Is if you're helping me and you're not trying to stop me, then I'm not going to kill you. Right. So he was finally stopped by um, a roadblock the DPS had set up in Wharton County and arrested. So... Throughout the whole case of this, he killed, excuse me, he killed Juan Esther Garcia, then he killed the trooper Russell Boyd, then he killed James and Alice, and then he injured Anne. So, that's where we're at. His trial was on October of 1985, a year later. And he pled guilty to the Garza's murder and was given a 45-year sentence. And this is where uh, the prosecutors were saying that he killed the Garza's because they wouldn't help him find Blanca. And then he was charged, so he was sent to multiple different places because this happened over multiple jurisdictions. So for the Garza's, he was given a 45-year sentence. And then he went to um, Waller County and he was given a 35-year prison sentence. And then they had to change the venue because of the whole, you know, like when they change the venues because people are like outraged. We've seen that multiple times. So they changed the venue to Fort Bend. Like, they're not going to the court because people are protesting outside? Yeah, or, like, they are trying to, like, protect him 
so that people aren't like trying to kill him because of like the mass outrage of everyone there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of thing. So then he was given a life sentence for the deputy or uh, he was giving the death penalty for the trooper and the stolen vehicles and all the murders put together. Right. So his execution, he said that he was guilty and he admitted that he was guilty multiple times. And throughout his trial, he had had his boss said that he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he was a quiet and easygoing person. He had one fail, like one um, hindrance in his life, and it was Blanca. And that she drove him crazy. He was 23. Yeah. I mean, like, how many? It was like six people? Yeah. That he killed? And there were different people that testified that he was a good person and that he felt really guilty for this. And he even did attempt suicide in jail. So, I, it's hard to, like, did he just go crazy for this 50-hour spree? It was 50 hours? I was wondering. I couldn't tell. It was a total of 50 hours. All of it happened in 50 hours. So, did he even know where he was going? Because it seemed kind of aimless. Like, I thought he was headed west, and then you said Houston. Yeah. So I was like, well, where is he going? I don't, maybe it was kind of that thing of, like, he was struggling with himself, and he's like, maybe I should go back and turn myself in, and he'd go back, or... There's no way. After I, you kill six people? That's insane. This is literally sounds like a movie. Well, you have to know that there's an end, you know? Like, yeah. you have to know that like, you're not going to get away. You're like, are you just going to murder everyone? Yeah, so, you know, what's your plan? Yeah. So, it's it's crazy. Honestly, it's very hard to follow. Because there's so many things that are happening in the timeline. Since this is an old case, it's hard to get the direct order of events. Right. So, this one's a little chaotic. That's why. <laughs> so, um... The, about the trooper, he had only served one year as a trooper. And he was, like, an encouragement to others. His Officer Down Memorial page was about, a lot of people said, like, oh, um, I wanted to be a trooper because of you. I knew you then. I knew you here. And um, he went to Weatherford High School, and he played the sousaphone in their band. And I only know that because somebody did it as the, a reflection. On the on, page? Yeah, on the page. Cool. So, okay. Alicio didn't want any appeals. So during his whole trial process, he was like, I'm guilty. I don't want you to try to get me out of my sentencing. He didn't do any appeals. And he was pronounced dead at 12.19 a.m. And his last words were that, I'd like to say I'm here because I'm guilty. I have no grudges or anything against nobody. The word of God tells me the ways of sins are death. I'm willing to pay accordingly to the laws of Texas because I know I am guilty. So. I mean, like it sounds noble, but I wish these people would like apologize for what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, like just truly reflect and say like, hey, I don't, 
even if you don't understand why you did it. Yeah. And, like, I don't know how old he was at this point, but I'm sure so, he's had plenty of time to think about it. He was executed on March 4th of 1987, which means he was 27. So it was around four years. Yeah, around four years on death row. So, I mean, it is, like, refreshing to hear last words that are saying, like... I am guilty. Yeah, I am guilty. But just because you like, that's not the same as... Saying sorry? Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, His last meal was four cheese enchiladas, two fish patties, french fries, milk, ketchup, and lemon pie. Sounds like a pretty disgusting last meal. (laughs) Yeah, that would not be fun. No. So, and this one, it's just, I, I don't know if it's because we don't have enough background to like see what he was really like and then it's conflicting you know hearing like what his boss said because you hear like your friends and family saying oh you're a good guy of course they're gonna say that but I mean the boss saying he was a good guy he was quiet he did his job you know it was she was the issue is kind of what like throws me off well I mean if she was the issue, wouldn't those issues have showed up at work, too? I mean, I don't know. You mean, I like, don't really follow that, like, you can just snap and go on a spree. Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be other things that come yeah. before this. Yeah. So, that is, um, a, that's Alicia Hernandez Moreno. Wow. Yep. That one's actually, like, terrifying. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, there's no really rhyme or reason. Well, and it's like, I would like to know the dialogue whenever he knocked on the Bennett's house. Like, were they just like, no, I don't think you should park here. And then he just shot him. Or did he pull out the gun and say, like, you're going to let me leave this here. And then she was like, no, you need to leave. And then he shot him. Like, I I don't know how much resistance there actually was. Like, was he just cold blooded killing people? Or was he actually trying to get where he was going? Does that make sense? I mean, if he wouldn't have just decided, like, I'm just going to drive the stolen vehicle to Rio Grande Valley, then so many people would have not been killed. And, like, would he have been caught any sooner? It's hard to say. So it's just crazy that, like, one little thing that he could have done differently would have resulted in, like, three people not dying. Well, I've said this before, but it's like he brought a gun over to their house, too. So it's like he obviously intended to hurt someone. So. Yeah, this one was pretty insane. So um, I'm sure next week's won't be as thrilling. Yeah. And hopefully more sequential. And we know exactly... uh, What order everything happened. Yeah, and it wasn't... And it's hard when you're, like, when they're traveling and they're jumping from place to place. Texas is so big. Right. And I've lived in Texas my whole life, and I don't, like, some of these places, I'm like, I've never heard of these. So, we will uh, be back for next week. Yeah, thanks for listening. Make sure you check out our out-of-state episodes. I think they've been great. I love doing them. Yeah, they're, oh, they've been very interesting so far. Yeah. I think so too. And um, check in to see if it's your state that we do this week. 
Yeah. So. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.